I've entitled this morning's message, Completed Faith, Acting on What We Believe. The Lord actually started talking to me about this message before we left on our mission trip. And he kept just saying, completed faith. And I was like, what exactly do you mean by that? Completed faith. And so I had read something once where a minister was talking about his faith being completed. So I tried to look up what the Lord was trying to convey to me. And it's really a very simple, simple principle. But it's one that, as Christians, we sometimes don't actually fulfill. And it's called acting on what you hear. How many times do you hear what the Lord says, but you don't actually do it? (laughs) Sometimes in just little things, like, oh, call so-and-so when you get home. Send so-and-so a card. Little things. You know it's the Lord, and you put it on your to-do list, but somehow... It doesn't get done. Guilty. <laughs> um, the last time I ministered, I, li- I ministered on the power of words, specifically the power of God's spoken word to us and our own spoken words and how that affects our heart and our faith. You see, obedience, if that's what you'd like to call it, most Christians don't like that word, <laughs> obedience, <laughs> it is a response. That's all it is. It's a response to God. Simple, easy, but we often talk ourselves out of either hearing God. God, is that really you? Do you really want me to do that? Do you really want me to go there? Do you really want me to say that? I heard a minister recently say, how do you spell faith? R-I-S-K. You know, that's good. (laughs) I don't have to use that one. (laughs) Because that's exactly what happens when we hear the voice of God. It's he's usually going to ask you to do something you're uncomfortable with. How about if you're at the grocery store? There's a lady where I live. Um, I don't know what her condition is, but she has growths coming out of both of her ears. And she works at Walmart. And every time I see her, I pray for her in my spirit. (laughs) God, you you tell me when and I'll go, right? (laughs) And uh, recently he said, well, why don't you go? And I'll come with you. Oh, risk. <laughs> I haven't seen her yet. <laughs> it's one thing to pray for a believer, but to walk up to a stranger and say, obviously, you need God to do a miracle. And you know what? I know the God who does those. Risk. Okay? So, what I want to talk to you about this morning is taking that risk and completing our faith. Sometimes in the process of our faith, he says, go pray for that lady. And so I make it a point to go to Walmart to find this lady. But I get detoured, or I get afraid, or I start reasoning. I don't, maybe it'll scare her. Maybe she's not accustomed to charismatic slash Pentecostal kind of things, you know? I don't want to frighten it. You see, I can reason myself right out of God's will very quickly. And Christians often do. We have really good reasons why we don't act on what we hear. What I talked about last time, and this message sort of piggybacks that one, is that the only way faith comes, the only way faith comes is hearing the spoken word of God. In Romans ten seventeen, it says this, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But when you look at what it actually says in the Greek, so faith is, and I use the word activated, 
because the word cometh, you see how it's in italicized? It's not there. So the Greek says, faith by hearing. And hearing by the spoken word, rhema, of Christ. Most of the time we use this verse to instruct people to be in the word. Always a fabulous idea. (laughs) Any rhema of God will coincide with the logos of God. If you think God has told you to do some crazy things, it has to align with the word. God may ask you to do a crazy thing to you, but it has to align with the character and the nature of God. The Holy Spirit will never tell you to do something that is hurtful or sinful or anything like that. There have been people in the past who have come up with crazy ideas. A famous one is the the lady who thought she should marry Kenneth Copeland. (laughs) after he was already married to Gloria. (laughs) I'm not personally aware of her story, but it's been told that she actually had a mock wedding and all of this kind of thing, even though she was born-again, spirit-filled. How does a born-again, spirit-filled get that far off? They get an idol in their heart. There's something in their heart. And so this is why the Word of God is always our safety net. If you believe you're hearing something for God, his word will always, 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 always confirm it. Now, I know none of you are crazy like that, so. (laughs) But for our faith to be activated, the only way for it to be activated is for us to hear the spoken word of Christ. It doesn't come by repetition of scripture. Will repetition of scripture help you build your faith? Yes, but why? Only two things, and both of them include the voice of God. One is revelation. When you're going over a scripture and going over a scripture, if it's just in your head, it will do nothing. But while it's in there, if you start talking to the Lord about it, the Lord will start talking to you about it. And then it becomes a revelation. Completely different from information. Again, what does it include, though? Hearing the voice of God. Once our faith is activated... We've heard the Lord speak. And what I talked about last time was was when we hear the Lord speak, whatever word he speaks, if he's speaking healing, if he's speaking prosperity, if he's speaking forgiveness, whatever he speaks, his word contains the power to produce that in our lives. That's why it's so important that we hear the voice of God and know that we hear the voice of God on a continual basis. The just are supposed to live by faith, but faith only comes by hearing the spoken word of God. Even when we receive any kind of a word, any kind of a spoken word, it always, always, always has to abide and align with scripture. God never is contrary to his word, ever. Once our faith is stirred up, there's a difference between having your faith activated and your faith completed. I think a lot of Christians, this is where they get stuck, right here. They've done the work. They've done the the meditation on Scripture. They've got the revelation. Jesus always heals. Jesus always forgives, and Jesus always heals. I know that's the truth, but you know that's not easy to say. Why? Because there's still stuff stuck in my heart from when I've been taught things that were wrong. I have to meditate on that. The blood of Jesus that forgives every single person every single time is the same blood of Jesus that heals every single person every single time. Is everybody saved? No. Why? Because they haven't believed. They haven't received. Why is not everybody healed? Because we haven't believed and we haven't received. For Christians, a lot of times, and I was one of them, I went to a GTS to see Andrew Womack. 
and I had determined that when I got there, I was going to go forward for prayer, and I was going to get healed of fibromyalgia. I went, I heard the word. You hear the word? The word's always anointed. <laughs> Christ will always speak to you through his word. I'm going forward for, for prayer to get healed. The lady there prayed for me. She said, do something you, you couldn't do before. I didn't have any limitations. I just had lots of medications. <laughs> no, the medications helped me not have any limitations. So I was like, that doesn't work. That doesn't help me. See, what she's trying to get me to do is complete my faith. I believed, I received, but whatever we believe in our heart will show up in our life. Whatever I believe in my heart is what I will act on. And our faith sometimes gets stuck right there. I believe, I receive. I believe it. My faith is activated. I don't see any difference. So what she told me, since I didn't have any limitations to try to break, she said, write it in your Bible. When you get home, write it in the back of your Bible. Now what she's trying to do is get me to act on my faith. Because when I act on what I believe, I'm going to actually see a manifestation. So I go home and I do that. I didn't see any manifestation. But I'm still believing. I think I'm believing. I believe I'm healed, Lord. When are you going to heal me? No, 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 no. I, I believe I'm healed. How long is this going to take exactly? <laughs> Do I believe I received? Not really. <laughs> now, I started, I started in faith. My faith was activated. I started, but then I let reason and circumstances talk me right out of what I said I believe. And a lot of times that's exactly what happens to Christians. We say, I believe I receive. And then we check. It doesn't seem any different. What am I saying? It didn't happen because I don't see it. See, it's a logical process of our brain to do that. We check to see if we actually got what we said we believed we got. <laughs> it's because if we actually believed we got it, we wouldn't have to check it. <laughs> we would know it. Okay? So there is a difference between that place where we say, I believe, I receive, and I act on it. And that's what I want to talk to you about. Acting on our faith. What happened after that time is I went to Karis Bible College. And I would... Always go back. Okay, Lord, I wrote it down in my Bible. I know I received that day. In fact, the following morning when that happened, I went to Gregory Dickow's church because we were on vacation. And during the course of the service, he says, if you have a condition that some doctor has told you is incurable, come forward. And the Lord says, go ahead. I said, no, I'm believing I received. <laughs> and God said, no, go ahead. Okay. So about 12 people lined up in front of the church. And you know, he went by and he just touched each one. And it got to me flat out on my back. The other 12 remained standing. And I was there for about ooh, 20 minutes or so under the power of just trembling, just bathing in his presence. Not a bad way to spend Sunday morning. <laughs> but when I got up, I still had symptoms. 
And I'm like, oh, good. Uh, this, is, this is just God saying, see, you did get it. See, I did give it. I did give it. <laughs> so I still kept saying, I believe I'm healed. And then from time to time, I would go, how long is this going to take? I would go back and forth. I really believe. I do. I'm believing as hard as I know how to believe. <laughs> believing hard doesn't help. <laughs> you have to believe right, not hard. <laughs> so um, while I was in college, one of the professors, I guess that's what you call him, Barry Bennett, he talked about the uh, concept of agreement. The agreement says, we agree together that this thing is done. Whatever two agree on earth is touching anything shall be done for you by my Father who is in heaven. Period. And he said, when you know you've believed you received, and you really believed you received, but you don't see the evidence yet, get agreement. Get other people's faith involved in your faith. Act on your faith. If you believe it, get agreement. So that was the last Sunday we were at our former church. I went forward, and let me tell you this. I spent two weeks prior, every single night when I got home from work, watching healing testimonies. Because if there's anything in my heart, because I'm going to act out of my heart, not my head. My head believes as hard as I can believe. But if there's anything in my heart that says, maybe not you, Maybe God doesn't love you that much. <laughs> Maybe you haven't been good enough. All of those lies that Satan likes to plant in your head. If there's anything in there, it's going to stop because I'm going to act on what I truly believe. So I spent two weeks making sure my heart only heard the truth that Jesus Christ heals. And he heals every time. He gives it every time. Just like he gives forgiveness, he gives healing. It's the same blood. It's the same power. And so I went to church that morning, and I decided, today, I'm taking home my manifestation. I already know I have the healing. I laid on the floor for 20 minutes. I know it's mine. I know it's in here. I'm taking it home. I'm picking up my package. <laughs> so when it came time for altar ministry, I went up. Now, I was going to go to one of my favorite pastors, Pastor Felix from Africa. That man is bold. <laughs> but he wasn't available, so I ended up going to the senior pastor. I was only going for agreement. That's all I was going for. And so he laid hands on me, and he says, we're going to agree for you in prayer for this. He didn't ask me what it was. He didn't care. Because you know why? Jesus heals. I don't care what your condition is. Jesus heals. So I'm going up for agreement. He says, be loosed from your infirmity in the name of Jesus. We agree, as to any two touching on earth, that you receive your healing. And he put his hand up like this, and I put my hand on his like a high five. <laughs> I said, amen! <laughs> and I went back to my chair. I didn't check anything. I had made up my mind. I was taking my package home that day. Got back to my chair. Thank you, Lord. Just worship this during worship time. All of a sudden, the power of God just breaks through. In my mind, it looks like apple crisp in the oven. It's all hot and bubbly. You see it oozing through. That's how it felt right here. Just this enormous heat came out of me. And the power of God just overwhelmed me. And I stood there and trembled. And I heard the Lord say, Stop taking your meds for fibromyalgia. 
yes, sir. <laughs> and I reached over to my husband and said, God said. Amen. Amen. Still had symptoms, but I didn't care. Still had symptoms. I didn't care. I took my package. Yeah. I took my package. <laughs> and then, because he knows me, he gave me a way to complete my faith. Because you can start good and end up not so good. Faltering, being double-minded. You can, you can be like Peter and go, I'm coming out on the water, Lord, here I come. Oh, wait. <laughs> we can start good. But see, faith has a goal. Faith has a goal. My goal was to take home my healing. See, no, without a shadow of a doubt, it was done. I wasn't going to have to deal with this anymore. And the evidence to my physical being is what? Not taking medication. Okay? Now, I didn't decide to prove my faith. This is where people get into trouble. I'm going to prove I believe God. I'm going to stop taking my meds. Dumb. Very dumb. Don't do that. <laughs> because if you know you're healed, you don't have to prove anything. Okay? Because you're going to act on what's truly in your heart. We live out of our heart, not out of our head. So when the Lord said, don't take your meds, why were I taking them that morning? You know, I had muscle relaxers and pain relievers and all kinds of anti-inflammatory. I got pills for everything. I can do anything, even though I have this condition. So bedtime comes. You know what I do at bedtime? Take a handful of pills so that I can sleep because of all the pain and muscle spasms and all of that. Here's the completing of my faith. Do I believe I received? Do I do what I hear the Holy Spirit say? Or do I go, still feel some stuff, maybe just in case? Now think about it. If I truly believe that I am healed, regardless of what I see or feel, will I take that medication? No. We live out of what we believe. And sometimes Christians believe their bodies more than they believe the spoken word of God. But whenever you hear the spoken word of God, when you hear the Holy Spirit whispering in your ear, you have the power and the faith to accomplish whatever he's saying. I had the power to say, no, I really am healed. I really am healed. I'm not taking medication. So first day, some soreness. Second day, some soreness. Now, I know me. I know this is nothing short of miraculous. I could not get throughout the day without heavy meds. Lots and lots of muscle relaxers. It, it just didn't happen. Day three, day four, I still have soreness, but I don't have any of those horrible, debilitating symptoms. I went to a chiropractor. Chiropractors used to, just, no kidding, used to slam me against a wall to get the muscles in my back to move. That's how hard my muscles were. Easy peasy, little activator, there you go. I was like, yes! <laughs> More evidence. I am what he says I am. It doesn't matter if I have soreness, I'm healed. But I had to complete my faith. Sometimes we start well, but we don't complete. 
Completing is always acting on what God has told you and what you truly believe. In James chapter 2, it says this, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Let me stop right here. Let's put this into our kind of English. <laughs> when we talk to Christians about works, they get a kind of a funny understanding. What kind of works are you talking about? Let's just change this to what it means. Actions. Real faith will always have a corresponding action. I always live, I always do, I always act out of what I truly believe. So he's asking, can you have real faith in your heart and not have a corresponding action? No, you can't. So what he's saying to these particular, and this is uh, James writing to Jews, and Jews are very works conscious. <laughs> and it's not really what we're talking about. <laughs> but he was saying, you can't say you have something and there's no evidence of it. If you truly believe something, you're going to have fruit. If you truly believe something, there's going to be an evidence of that. So he says, it's just as fruitless to go to Nicaragua and say, Jesus loves you and do nothing for them. What good is that? You haven't demonstrated the love and the power of God. Because I've seen people come up here for prayer busting with faith. You can tell it's oozing out of them. <laughs> but they don't know what to do with it. They're still begging God to do something instead of believing he has already accomplished everything they need on the cross and taking by faith. Sometimes it's just a matter of revelation. Do I know what God's will for me is? Do I know God wants me well? Do I know God wants me uh, prosperous? Do I really believe it? Or is it just something in my head? Faith by itself, if it's not completed, is useless. And he's not talking about dead. He's talking about it, it doesn't produce fruit. It doesn't have life to it. Real faith will always produce life. But some of you say, you have faith and I have works. You show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. Let me say this in verse 21 where it says Abraham our father was justified. This is not before God. If you read the story of Abraham, Abraham was justified by faith in chapter 15. He received the promise of God. God says, I count it as righteous. He's justified before God. This is talking about being justified before men not before God. Martin Luther, he didn't even like the book of James. He wanted to throw the whole thing out because of misunderstanding these scriptures. He, he didn't understand you can be justified or shown to be innocent before men because of what you believe. Abraham, because he believed, endured the test and the trial. And when he offered Isaac on that altar, it was the evidence that he believed God. That's what God told him. Now I know you have believed. Because you can do this, you can only do this because you believe. And so that became obvious to the world, to the son at that time, before men. When our faith is completed, other people will see it. That's the point. 
there are no secret agent Christians. <laughs> well, there, we shouldn't be a secret agent Christian. Who we are in Jesus Christ should be made manifest if we have faith, faith to do anything. And I'm talking about even in the smallest things throughout the day, when God says, you know, turn left instead of right, that kind of thing. That kind of obedience is the evidence of your faith. It is when your faith is made complete. It is when we act on what we've heard God say. The goal of Abraham's faith was the fulfillment of the promise, which he knew could only come through Isaac. So because he truly believed God, he could offer his son on an altar. Because his logic, if you will, is if God is true and not a liar, then it doesn't matter what he asks me to do. This son is the son of promise, and I will have what God has promised. That's the point. His faith became completed by his works. I told you guys the story about my mom having a heart attack and how when I got the news, the thing I asked the Lord was, is it her time to go? Because if it's her time to go home, I'm going to the hospital. It was an hour and a half away. And my dad's like, you know, we don't know anything. Don't come yet. Wait. We'll let you know. I wasn't going to go to sleep. I had to have a word. Okay, real faith comes by hearing what God has to say. God, what do you say? Is, is it mom's time to go home? He very quietly said, no, it's not her time. And because it is such an important <laughs> question to me, I said, could you say that louder, please? <laughs> and I didn't expect him to say it louder. I expected him to reword it so that he would make it just more clear. And he actually said it louder. God laughs at us, let me tell you. <laughs> he actually said, no, it's not her time. It's okay to go to sleep. Oh, good. Guess when my faith was completed, though? When I went to sleep. You know what I heard all the way to my bed? Better not go to sleep. What if you're wrong? What if mom dies? You're going to look like a bad daughter. All this stuff, okay? Now, when was my faith complete? When I acted on what he told me. I started, I got out of my boat, but I was, my faith was not completed until I laid my head on that pillow and went to sleep without worry or fear. Faith requires action to be complete. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says this, Trust in the Lord with all line heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. He will, he shall direct thy paths. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Why? Because we live out of our heart. I know I say that a lot, but guess what? <laughs> we live out of our heart, and we don't always know what's in there. The same church we used to go to, we would have tongues and interpretations, and uh, the senior pastor is the one who always interpreted because he had the microphone, and it was a very large place. One Wednesday night when I was at service, the executive pastor had said that he didn't like to do tongues and interpretation. He was uncomfortable with it. He would do it, but he didn't like it. He didn't have the confidence to really feel good about doing it. Well, the following Wednesday night, the Lord says to me, Speak out. And I go, um, Senior pastor's not here. He doesn't like to do it. Um, no. Said no. I beat myself up for a year. 
I don't tell Jesus no. Ever. I make it a point to never tell Jesus no. <laughs> but what I did was I reasoned. Lean not unto your own understanding. God, he doesn't like to do that. And sometimes people like to say, well, if you don't do what God wants you to do, it doesn't matter. He'll get somebody else. Nobody else spoke in tongues. What was it that God wanted to say that night that didn't get said? It matters. Faith is risk. R-I-S-K. I didn't trust the Lord enough to know that he knows better than I did. I didn't see the logical way it was supposed to normally work in that church. And when I didn't see it, I assumed there must not be anybody else here who will, who will interpret. So I'm going to say no. I'm going to disobey. <sighs> to this day, I still hate that I did that. To this day, I still hate that I did that. Risk. See, I had the faith to do it. I didn't have the faith to complete it. Uh, Romans 10.10 10 says this, For with the heart one believes and is saved, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. We always tell people this. This is how you get saved. You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. It's two steps. It's believing, yes, I have faith. I believe Jesus is who he says he is. But if I don't ever act on it, then I don't ever get, I don't ever receive. Faith has to be completed with an action. And it doesn't have to be a big action. It can be just saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I will speak when I don't feel comfortable. In Matthew 14, this is the story of Peter walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come to thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. And when they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. When I was listening to the Lord for this message, he brought, of course, Peter. He's the perfect example <laughs> of faith and doubt and fear and reason and, and also of completing or not completing your faith. When I first saw it, I said, Oh, he, he acted right away. He completed his faith. And God said, No, he didn't complete his faith. When Jesus said, come, whatever Jesus speaks, you have the power to do. Okay? Whatever is it, what God speaks to you in that word is the power to complete whatever is in that word. So he had the power. Jesus gave the power when he said, come. Okay? Did Peter have the faith? Well, he got out of the boat. <laughs> and I said, yes, Lord. He completed his faith. He acted on what you said. He goes, you're only half right. Because that wasn't the goal. The goal wasn't to get out of the boat and stand on the water. The goal was to come to Jesus. So he started well, but he didn't sustain his faith. 
And very often in our life, we have moments like this, things in our life where we get a word from God, and God says, this is my will for you, this is what I want you to do, and we say, okay, and we step out, and then we don't go anywhere. We start, but we don't complete. What I like about this story is Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Hebrews 12.2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. When it says Jesus is the finisher, that word actually means completer. You see, we never have an excuse for not completing our faith. Peter didn't have an excuse, so to speak. He had the faith. He had the power. Jesus released everything he needed for him to be able to do what Jesus called him to do. Come to me. But halfway across the sea, however far that was, he started leaning onto his own understanding. Somewhere halfway across the the sea, he's going, I can't do this. (laughs) This is impossible. (laughs) Your logic starts to take over. Your reasoning tries to tell you, this can't be right. This can't be the way we're supposed to do this. Logic and reason will logic you often right out of God's will. But Peter only had one thing he needed to do. Looking on Jesus. You see, Jesus released all the power when he said the word come, but Jesus knows that we often need him to repeat what he says to us so that our faith will be sustained until we can complete it. All he had to do was look to Jesus before he started to sink. (laughs) Jesus, I'm getting nervous. Jesus, this is weird. He just had to keep going to Jesus because where does our faith come from? The spoken word of Christ. He only needed to hear Jesus speak, Peter, it's okay. But that's how easy it is for us to not complete our faith. I want to show you a definition for the word commandment. In 1 John 5, 3, it says this, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Well, usually when we say commandments, people think rules and regulations. But really, what did Jesus give Peter? The commandment. Come. Commandment, not big rules and, and checklists and all that. It's just his, his personal directive all of the time. The word for commandment it means this, an authoritative prescription. You ever go to the doctor and get an authoritative prescription? Sure we have. <laughs> we go there and we say, this is what's wrong. He says, oh, I know exactly what you need to fix that. He writes us a prescription. And we take that prescription and we fulfill it. We take it to the pharmacy. He tells us how to take it. He gives us all the directions. He says, this will fix your problem. It's an authoritative prescription. That's exactly what God's word is to us. And it works, as it does, a whole lot better than than medical prescriptions usually. (laughs) Okay, so I love this, because the more I think about this, what area in our life do we need an authoritative prescription? Is it our finances? Is it our relationships? Is it our bodies? What is it that we need? We have a great physician who will write us an authoritative prescription, but he writes it on our heart with his voice. A Christian has to know they hear the voice of the Lord, and they hear him all the time. 
The word says you are a sheep and you do hear. Does it take practice to discern? Sure it does. Sure it does. But we have a loving Heavenly Father. Even when we miss it, He's never mad at us. We'll get mad, more mad at ourselves, <laughs> like I did myself. In uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 1, it says this, In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Guess what that word means? Rhema. It means rhema. Now, he's actually talking here about um, bringing charges against somebody. But this is also quoted in the Old Testament. You're not allowed to put somebody to death on the testimony of one person. You're not allowed to bring charges against an elder of the church on the testimony of one person. You've got to have witnesses, two or three witnesses. What I like about this is it says every, not just judicially, every rhema be established out of the mouth of two or three words. If you believe God has said for you to do something, God's calling you to do something, or even if it's you're at the grocery store and God says, buy that. <laughs> Little things. You see, God cares about everything in our life. Often I'll be at a store and I'll hear the Lord buy that. I'm thinking, I don't have any need for that. I'll logic my way out of it. I'll keep going. But I'll go, Lord, if that's you, remind me. Why? Let every word, every rhema be established. Let every rhema, God will repeat himself two and three times, however many times we need to know that it's him speaking to us because he knows we want to obey. We want to complete our faith. We want to walk in his power and in his love and in his glory. Every word be established. Now, I have a challenge for you. In thinking about this, often what we have to do is practice, okay? Last time I challenged you to practice hearing God. Pay attention when he's speaking to you. He'll talk to you at work about work. He'll talk to you about your relationships. He'll talk, whatever your, the need of your heart is, he will talk to you. So once you know we hear him, we have to act on it. This is one of the classes we took at Karis, uh, Four Keys to Hearing the Voice of God. And it's actually a journaling course, not a diary course. It's different. This isn't when you're in church and you, you hear God speak to you, you get a revelation and you write it down. It's not that either. This is a really good way to practice completing your faith and hearing at the same time. It's a simple little process. You first quiet your mind. And he goes through the whole thing about why this is scripturally correct. There's nothing new age. There's nothing cultic about it. This is how God reveals himself to the whole Bible. He talks to us in dreams and visions, imaginations. He speaks to us verbally. This stuff is God's, not the devil's. <laughs> okay? And so you, you quiet yourself. You either worship, pray in the spirit. You're quieting that logical part of your brain that wants to logic you, you out of God's presence. <laughs> okay, I have things to do. I need to do this. No, put that, that stuff away and let the Holy Spirit quiet your mind. First one. Number one, quiet your mind. Number two, look for vision. We get what we expect. If we expect God will not talk to us, that's what we're going to ex experience because we're not going to let him, not because he's not talking. But after you quiet yourself, you open yourself up just to the Holy Spirit. The Word says, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, God will give you the Holy Spirit. Nothing else. 
when you open yourself up to God and say, Lord, I want to hear you. I want to see what you want me to see. I want to hear what you want me to hear. That's what he'll do. If you're a visual learner, I'm a picture girl, he gives me pictures. If you're a verbal person, then you may just get words. After you quiet yourself, look for visions, what he calls it, and then listen for spontaneity. God's voice is spontaneous. So often we try to look for God with much effort. <laughs> we make looking for God hard or listening for God hard. He's like, no, it's easy. I speak spontaneously. You let down your guard. Don't let yourself be afraid. I'm not going to let anything bad happen to you. Let that all down and listen for the spontaneous voice of God. Then you write it down. As you hear it. I was really surprised when I first did this. I've been a journaler, typical journaler, for years. God talks to me about something, I'll write it down. But this is different. This is, I'm going to write down exactly what I hear God saying in my mind, or whatever picture. You do it simultaneously, without judging it. I was really surprised. It felt funny. It felt peculiar to just trust God that much that he could be that big inside of me that I could just hear him and write down what he says or he could show me a picture and I could write down exactly what he was saying. What I realized is this is what completing faith does. I hear you spontaneously and I write down, I act on what I hear. It's a wonderful way to practice completing our faith. And you know what's even the best part about it? You'll hear God. He'll tell you things to come. He'll show you how to solve problems. Whatever it is you need, He is all wisdom. He has all the authoritative prescriptions we need for any and everywhere in our life. And it starts by listening and then acting. And then you have a record of what He said to you. Because how many times have you heard God speak and you say, I'll get to that, Lord. And you forget. You can't forget what's written down. And what's wonderful about this is he, the Word tells us that God wants to tell us what's in our future. He wants to show us what's waiting for us. He wants us to know His perfect will for our lives. But are we taking the time to practice hearing and acting on what we hear? Are we taking time to complete our faith and actually receive all that He has for us now? I'm married to Mark Testerman because the Lord told me I would meet my husband at Motorola. What if I never went to Motorola? I wouldn't have met Mark Testerman. Does it matter that we act on what the Lord tells us? Absolutely. And we have to simply remember all of his words, all of his rhema, are authoritative prescriptions that work. Amen? Let me pray for you and I will dismiss you. Father God, I thank you that you are awesome. That you love us with this amazing, incredible, everlasting love. That you are full of goodness and mercy, tenderness, loving kindness. You are altogether lovely. And you invite us to rule and reign with you, not just at the end of time, but daily. You invite us to rule and reign with you daily. Father God, I ask that you would, you would encourage your children to take the opportunities to, to listen to hear what you have to say to them so that they would, un they would hear the good things that you have for them and they would prepare those things and act on those things. 
and they would not fall away. That we would all walk in all the fullness that you have planned for us to walk in. Father, God, I thank you for this day that it's Mother's Day and that you give us the opportunity to honor mothers. And Father, I do. I bless all the mothers in the name of the Lord Jesus. You are our Father's heart to so many people. And I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.